What's going on, everybody? What's going on to you? Good afternoon to you. Welcome to another episode of the Practical Preacher Podcast. I'm your host, LeVar B. Young. So glad that you all are here. Listen, we got a very interesting topic on tonight. A good question for tonight um, for this episode of the Practical Preacher. But listen, before we go into that, I want to bring on my special guest host for me on tonight. I have my friend, my brother from another mother and another mister. I have them back on the show tonight with me, and I'm bringing them in right now. None other than Miguel Atkins. Come on, let's give him a hand. Woo! All right, all right. You're my cheering section. Woo! What's going on? What's going on, man? How you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good, man. How you doing, my brother? Man, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And listen, man, we got um already ran it by you. We have a very interesting topic yes, um, for tonight. Tonight, the question for tonight, so everybody know, is the question for tonight is how do you deal with rejection from people you have hurt? That's what we're dealing with on tonight. But I want to take a pause real quick and thank everyone that's joining this podcast. Um, I thank those that are watching this live, that are listening to this live. So glad that you're here. And even the ones that will see this or hear this in the replay. Thank you so much. Please like this. Please share this. Let someone know about the Practical Preacher broadcast. Let somebody know about the Practical Preacher podcast. We would greatly um, appreciate that. And to let you know, somebody may say, well, what does Practical Preacher? One thing that we always tell everybody about the Practical Preacher is we believe that the Bible isn't just stories, but a practical guide for everyday living. So we want to get into tonight's um, topic. How do you deal with rejection from people you have hurt? That's what we're talking about tonight. And I know this is kind of like something different because everyone talks about rejection. Everyone knows about rejection. And, you know, and we all can say, well, man, you know, no one likes to feel rejection. And everybody could say, you know, they rejected me because, you know, my haters and all this. But tonight we want to look at a different angle of it. We want to talk about from the angle of what about when you get rejection, when it's when it's a direct result from the hurt that you've caused from somebody to somebody or maybe to multiple people. And now you're getting rejected by them. Well, I tell you, when I first saw the um, topic, I mean, my mind was going all over the place. OK, but, um, one of the things that I thought of is, first of all, it depends on who you rejected, who is rejecting you. Mm -hmm. I think that means quite a bit. And where is the rejection coming from? Because the thing is, you hurt somebody. Mm -hmm. And because you hurt somebody, I mean, they have the right to reject you. Because what happens when you hurt somebody, when I was really looking into this, you broke some trust. Some trust right. broken. And that right. trust has to be rebuilt again. And mm. we know... It takes time for trust to be rebuilt. It definitely does. And I think one of the things that I really uh, pondered about saying, you know, because this could be very subjective because it depends on actually who who you actually hurt. You know, did you hurt someone really close to you or was it someone, you know, that was maybe a little further distance? Is it somebody you got to see every day or is it somebody right. you just see once a week or once a month or once a year? You know what I mean? Because that always didn't depend on what did you actually do? You know, and mm. so the, the, the thing that I wanted to spell that you got to, first of all, you got to give that person, if you hurt somebody, you got to give them their time in order for the rejection to stop. Because you the one that initiated and everybody deals with it differently. And so if, you, if you're going to feel rejected or being rejected from them, 
it's all in their hands. It's really almost little that you can do yourself because it's up to them. And so I think, you know, in this first part of us is talking about, I think it's very important to find out who it is, you know, because is it is it a spouse? Is it a parent? Is it a child? Is it a is it a neighbor? Is it a mm-hmm. coworker? You know, and, and all of that means a lot because say for instance, if it is a spouse or someone like that, you gotta deal with that probably every day. Right. If it's somebody else, you know, that you don't see as much, it may be only on a monthly basis. Only got to deal with it on Christmas, Mother's Day, and Easter, something like that, you know, on those special holidays. So that all depends, you know, on who it really was. And that was the first thing that came to my mind, depending on who it was and how severe the hurt that you brought upon them. And and this this is the first thing that I want to say about it's good. What I I like is some key you said. You said time. Um, because first of all, what I'm going to say, one way of how you deal with it is you have to accept it because see, that's the thing, you know, like I said, so many of us, we can talk about when somebody has done us wrong, yep. but the part that we don't like to talk about is when we when do we, somebody else wrong. Yep. Right. When we, when we do it, it's like, oh, you know, we won't tell our part, you know, we just say, oh, they're doing this, but we won't say what brought them to that. And, and I know somebody going to argue and say, well, two wrongs don't make a right, but this is the thing. First of all, if you're dealing with rejection from somebody that you hurt, first of all, accept it. Understand that I'm dealing with rejection from them because I've hurt them. And then you have to ask yourself, have I even apologized? That's you know, ha- that's the thing. Have I apologized? Because so many times, man, we go through life and we don't want to apologize to people. We don't want to admit that we was wrong, even if they did something wrong. But it was a result of something we did, you know, because we say, well, two wrongs don't make a right. You're absolutely right. Two wrongs don't make a right. But can you take responsibility for the part that you played in that, you know, yes, yes, yes. and sometimes we don't want to do that. And then I ain't gonna lie. I had, you know, this was a thing that I had to understand sometimes too. I had to understand and, and mature to just say, I'm sorry without anything else attached to it, because that's what a real apology is. A lot of times people want to apologize, but they give you these, like these little, you know, watered down apologies. Yeah, yeah. These, these, are, it's not really apology. What happened was, I was uh, had a bad day at work, and then no, right. you just say I'm sorry. You know, right? You know, don't, nothing else with it. I'm sorry. I messed up. I dropped the ball. I'm sorry. Right. Or, or, or maybe you heard this one. You know, I wouldn't have responded that way if you hadn't a blah blah blah. Yeah. No, you, you're still in control of your response of what you did of That's how right. you carry yourself. Or, or the, here go another one. Um. Or have you heard this one? Well, you know, I didn't know that you was going to take it that way. You know, I wasn't trying to hurt your feet. I didn't know that you were so sensitive. So now you hurt me and then you're going to continue to insult me by this watered down apology of you didn't know that I was so sensitive. You didn't know that I was going to take it that way. Uh, You know, you hit it on the spot. The first thing is definitely and I got it in my notes is to apologize. mm -hmm. And rather they accept it or not. You have to make that first step and do the apology. And it's really, and you can't control whether they accept it or not because you initiated the hurt. So that whole thing that you mentioned, the timing, the timing may take time for them to accept that apology. You know, even though you gave the apology, that don't mean they're going to accept it instantly. It's going to take some time because I said, when we opened up, trust was broken and trust got to be rebuilt again. And how does trust be rebuilt? It starts with an apology, a sincere apology from the heart. Once, once that happened, it takes time. It, can t- it may take a month, it may take years. We don't know, but it's in the other person's hand at that time. Right. I, I like, I'm going to bring, come back to that. I like how you said that you said 
it's two key things you said. You said time, and then you also said what was key is that the person may not forgive you right away. Now, right. how those two play in together is watch this. What we have to understand is that when we apologize, um, first of all, how long did it take you to apologize? See, people don't want to look at that. If it took you a long period of time to apologize, <laughs> you have to give the give that same respect to the person you were apologizing to. If it took you a year, it's going to take them some time to get over it. On, but see, people on. apologize, and I think that's not a real apology when you apologize to somebody, but then you have the expectation of them to immediately forgive you and to immediately get over it. And then, you know, people want to throw up on you. Well, you know, if you say, you know, the Bible say we supposed to forgive each other. Look, man, you know, it took you three years. Right. To tell me you were sorry for all the stuff you went done to me, and you expect for me to just be like, oh, I'm good right now. We could go back to the way things were. Life don't no. life don't work that way. You know, yeah. there, there thing, takes time. Yeah, another thing, as I said in the beginning, it depends on who the person was. Because first of mm -hmm. all, if there's someone you're living in the house with, you don't want to go through that every day i mean for each and every day every night because so it's important that you apologize even sooner now sometimes you may get away with it someone like to say you got a cousin in california or a brother in tech wherever at that you're having a uh, that you've hurt and you bought this rejection to yourself on you may have a little more time but it depends on what it is if it's somebody you see every day you want to apologize immediately now you may have right. a little more time with somebody else because you may not see them and you may have time to think about it more but so like I say, it's very subjective because it depends on who the person is, how close you see them, and really how many times you really see this person. Or it can go on and on, and you, you can really hurt yourself and the person. And you can, if they hate to say it, you can destroy that relationship. Yep. Yep. You, you're very, very true. You know what? I want to read one of the comments already. I wanna, I'm going to put it up. I want to read one of the comments. Okay. One of the comments say, I think accountability on your part is key. You also have to give people time to heal. Yep, that's what we said. Yep. And be realistic about the expectations. You're right. Maybe they may not want to accept you back on the same level that you were previously on. They can forgive you, accept your apology, and still choose not to deal with you on that same level. I completely agree. Sometimes we don't have realistic expectations because if I hurt somebody, the whole purpose, like let's say, me and you, for example, you know, we go we go way back, you know, and because of the relationship that we have, if I do something to hurt you and I offend you, first of all, like I said, because of our relationship, I should be apologizing to you right away. I should be trying to fix that. But because of the relationship we have, because of the love that we have, then my expectation should be I'm apologizing to you because, first of all, my accountabilities, I am truly sorry for hurting you because of the relationship that we have. But then I have to have an understanding to say, well, look, if he doesn't want or, or bring me back on the same level that we was once on, I have to accept that and I have to understand that because I broke our trust. I broke our relationship. You know, yes. I damaged that part of our relationship. So if I once I apologize to you, I should be my only motive behind apologizing to someone I hurt is to show remorse. Yes. It, to say I'm truly sorry. I don't have any expectations of of you just putting me back in the place that I that I was once at because I have to understand that I probably pulled myself down from that yep. place yep. from that yep. position. You know, yep. I'm the one that broke 
that relationship up, that messed yeah. that up by what I did. So it's taking accountabilities. It takes, I, so I agree. It takes a, us being accountable for our own actions. And something else, when you say I'm accountable for my own actions, then it's not based off of what somebody else did to me. So once again, I can't apologize saying, well, you know what? If you hadn't have done blah, 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 you know, I had a bad day and I came in and you made me mad. You yeah, may have you. done something. Uh -huh. can, can you put that uh back up again what Jen said? Yeah, something I'm a... I saw that really stood out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I see it now. She said something real key. She said that they may not accept you back on the same level that you were previous on. You can remove it if you want to. I just want to see that. All right. And, and that is so key because, as I mentioned earlier, trust was broken. And trust got to be built back up. Take, take the trust was right here. It was at 100. But you hurt the person, and mm -hmm. that trust went down to fifty. Yeah. So, so you may not be able to be accepted again at that hundred. You may be accepted, you know, and well, only at a seventy-five percent. I trust this person now because we ain't back a hundred. We ain't a hundred no more. We only right. have seventy-five because I the one that hurt this person and I caused rejecting from this person. So I like what she said that you may not be accepted at the same level anymore. So, and, and that is so key and so true because you will not be accepted at that same trust level where you were at because you broke it and you got to build it back up. So the maybe first couple of years, you only have 75%. It may take five to 10 years before you get back up here to a hundred percent trust where you were at originally. Right. And, and better yet, let me add to that. Is this the thing too? If I really care about the person that I've offended, that I've hurt, and I come to apologize to that person, then what I need to understand, too, is if I really think some about you and I'm being accountable for what I've done, then my expectation is, first of all, to stand to take responsibility, you know, accountabilities to apologize to you, to mean it and to understand that, OK, if I don't have the same relationship that I once did with you, I'm still grateful for whatever relationship that I have for you, because I can't, I can't undo the past, but what I can do is just move from whatever the present is. If there's a future, then I got to move. I, I, I got to deal with that. And this kind of relates to sometimes you have parents and children that have broken relationships. When we think about like fathers that are not in their children's life or maybe mothers or something like that. And then they come back in their child's life when they are adult and they have this expectation, like all the things that they did, you know, if they apologize for them things or sometimes they don't apologize, but they have this expectation of, you know, um, I should be on that certain level because I'm your parent now. And I know people going to say, well, the Bible say honor thy mother and father so that your days may be long on the earth. I agree with that. But the thing is what you have to understand, if you come back in my life when I'm a, a adult and you left my life when I was a child, say you left my life when I was four, when I was five, you have to understand that I'm no longer four or five. Mm -hmm. So what you have to do is you can't try to repair what happened when I was in four and five. Only thing you can do right. is apologize for that and then move from the place that I'm at now. Be something, be a parent now. Don't try to go back to then. You have an unrealistic expectation and it's an unfair expectation to say, OK, I want to now go back and attach that with where we at now like it never happened. And, and, and that's not that's not good at all. You know what? What I want to do real quick, man. Um, if you want to add to that, because we got somebody else that we're gonna bring okay, on. Yeah, bring them on. Okay, okay, we're gonna bring another one on the screen. Let's see, we're gonna bring somebody else in on tonight. 
Are you there? We have another person on. Corinthian, are you there? Waiting on the so video. He 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 probably stepped probably stepped away for a minute. Okay, when he come back, we'll let him know. Yeah, okay. okay like probably, back. Oh, oh look, look, okay, let's see. Can you hear me? Okay. There there cool. is, All right. Hey, let's man. let's give my hand tonight. Let's give my hand. We have another. Yeah, Levar, I just want to introduce you, man, to Corinthian Burger. You probably saying, oh, man, you you know his wife, uh, Michi, very well. Uh, I actually yeah. worked with some with Michi before, but Corinthian, man, another good brother, man. Many of him been talking about a lot of things, man. And uh, we was talking the other day, and I said I want to bring him on and just to touch base uh, tonight's topic, man. We're just talking about rejection, and we put a little spin mm -hmm. on it. We're talking about how do you deal with rejection when you are the one that hurt. The particular person that's giving you rejection right. so we just add a little twist onto it and you know like i say uh this lavar young he's a practical preacher man we're just talking about things and um, we're not i mean we, we touch on bible work but you know we just talking man we just people just sure. sharing and you know and always talk with you and i know you always got something to share but uh lavar you know, you're the moderator man I'll let you pick up from here yeah so so what we're doing we already touched on a few um subjects regarding that like like miguel was saying Everyone deals with the point we're making tonight is that everyone can talk about how they felt being rejected. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone, you know, love to say, man, you know, they hating on me or they rejected me to talk about what the person did, how they're causing hurt to you by rejecting you. But sometimes what people fail to talk about or what they leave out of the conversation is the part that they played. If you hurt that person, which is now causing them to reject you. First of all, you have to take responsibility for mm -hmm. what you've done. You know, don't dismiss that. Don't say, man, they're not inviting me to the cookouts. Well, they're not inviting you to the cookouts because <laughs> the last few cookouts you was at, you cussed everybody out. Right. <laughs> you right. know, you you showed your behind. You know, you acted a fool. And matter of fact, when they was like when they came and told you, look, summer down, or we're gonna ask you to leave. What was the last mm -hmm. thing you said? I don't need y'all. Forget all of y'all. Right, right, right. You you took your plate and you left. You was like, I don't mm -hmm. need none of y'all. But so then when we had the next cookout. And you wasn't invited. Now all of a sudden, you all on social media. You telling everybody, man, they doing me wrong, man. You know, family's supposed to have your back, and look how they over there eating ribs, and ain't nobody mm -hmm. invited me. Ain't nobody sent me no plate, no nothing. You know. Yep, so yep. I want to know what what's your input put on this? Well, uh, I did read the comment by uh, Jennifer, and she hit it dead on. Um, right. Accountability, accountability. Yeah. But then right, I also had a conversation. Yeah, uh, the, the accountability and accepting. Um, not having the person, the opposing person, not accepting you on that same level is very pivotal. But I had a conversation a couple of days ago with someone in regards to uh, changing your position, um, just knowing when the other person did wrong, you know, because it, the old saying is you can do a million things right, but they'll remind you what you did wrong. Mm -hmm. And even if we highlight all the wrongs, even in rejection, okay, my daddy left me, he ain't never coming back, but now that he's coming back into the picture where do we pick off like you said earlier you can't pick off from back then you got to pick off from right where you stand because right where you stand it's a changing of a position that you never knew you didn't know me when i was younger you know me now i'm older but see my mind don't think the same way so therefore you cannot approach me the same way mentally you cannot approach me the same way verbally you cannot approach me the same way emotionally because what you want to do it's not where you are mm -hmm. so even when we talk about rejection it's really trying to identify where did it all go wrong but now where can we put it in a place where it can go right 
-hmm. and see now that I am moving forward past uh, rejection as far as a healing mechanism. Now I got to focus on me, right? Got to focus on me. So now we're we're entering into the department of healing. Where does that come from? Where does that come from? It's not going to come from the other person. That's right. Mm -hmm. An apology can fall on deaf ears. Yeah. I mean, how how many times have we apologized to God and said, God, forgive me, but you still find yourself going back? Right. So when you apologize, it's really changing a position and a willingness to say, you know what? The stuff that I used to do, I can't do no more. Mm. And even though I was projected, I say, you know what? The hurt and and the experience that it brought me and the damage that it brought me, I can't stay in that position no more. Because that prohibits me from moving in my marriage. That prohibits me from moving along with my children and my family members and friends and loved ones. So I have to really change my position because it's either the rejection is going to get you or you're going to get it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's and good. It's so that's, funny, that's, man. That's, that's exactly where I was going at because, you know, when you've been a person that initiated the hurt, really mm-hmm. in your life, you have to move on. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. can't, you can't give them no timeline saying, okay, that was three years ago. We need to move on. No, you have to move on yourself. If not, exactly through other relationships, other friendships, yeah. you'll be damaged. If yeah. you don't move on, first of all, after you did your, your did all the one, two, the three, the A, B, the C, you said all your apologies, mm-hmm. you did thing, you did your thing with God. Hey God, I'm sorry. I messed up or whatever. After that, you have to move on yourself. Or what will happen is you will go into another relationship or wherever mm-hmm. you're going and you find out you're dishing the hurt again. And you're gonna yeah. get, it's gonna be a cycle that's gonna continue to go on and on. I never it's just like a circle, just going around and around until you accept it and say, you know what, I did what I need to do, and it's time for me to move on and get healing myself. If I can't get it from the person that I hurt, I have to get it from God and I have to move on and I have to live this life. Yeah. And it's and to it's piggy- so- yeah, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. Oh, no, I, what to I piggyback saying, off of what you said, uh, Miguel, in regards to it not coming from them, a lot of times it can come from them. We're just not in the place to receive it. Yeah. See, because a lot of times we'll reject them because they did it to us. That's true. That's true. You know, hurt yeah. people hurt people. And that is yeah. true. Yeah. But then we also, going back to the same thing, we have to change our positions and how we receive. It's like you chastising your child well they're never gonna see they're gonna always gonna see this the finger pointing the finger point but give me something to work with give me something to work right. with it's like it's a give to get it's a give to get and if you're gonna stay in a position to, of rejection well you know i can't never move forward because i feel rejected about what they said about what they did and about who left me guess what you're gonna be in that rut for the rest of your life right and and, and i like what what both of you all were saying what i was gonna say is what happens is watch this A lot of times when people focus on the ones that's rejecting them because they did something wrong to them and then they either either you don't apologize, you don't take accountability for it or you apologize with unrealistic expectations. You go, well, man, they not letting me back in yet. So then what you do, because you like you said, you haven't healed yourself. You haven't realized that I have to move on, even if they never let me back. I've yep. took 
I've took responsibility for my mm -hmm. error, what I did. I apologize. So I did my part. So if they never let me back, I still have to move on. And what happens is people get stuck in that place of, okay, I've apologized. I took accountability, but I have an unrealistic expectation of them putting me back where I feel like I should be. And when they don't do it, what they do is then in turn start rejecting people that want them. It's like you mm -hmm. focusing so much on the ones that won't let you back in that that spot you think was yours for a lifetime that now when new people come in your life that's trying to put you in a position, you then reject them. And now they wondering, well, why? So now you've hurt people on both the back end and the front end. <laughs> and this, you know, and this is what happened to some people because they focus on what they feel like they've lost and they're missing what they have to gain. Listen, mm -hmm. real quick, I want to put up. I see Jessica. Um, she let's see, let's put up her comment. She was trying to join us tonight. She's having a few technical difficulties. We're gonna get her on. We're gonna get her on. If not tonight, definitely another episode. She says, I know every situation is different, but I would say pray, make amends, apologize, and give the other person space or time to allow the Holy Spirit to mend their heart. After all, you were the person who caused the offense and then you yourself have to be OK with the outcome and let the Holy Spirit deal with you and your emotions as well, especially if the other person decides to cut off the relationship. Uh, that, that's good. Wow. Um, I agree. A lot of that we already um said. So we definitely agree with you. And it's something key that she said at the end there, which is the part that no one likes to see is if they decide to cut off the relationship. So if yep. they just decide it's over, look, mm -hmm. I forgive you. I moved on. I'm not holding a grudge against you, but I no longer want to be friends with you or I no longer want to have a relationship with you. Which means that now if I see you out in public, I speak to you. I say, hey, how you doing? I'm probably even pray for you. But I no longer wish to have a relationship with you. And yeah, that's the part that a lot of people struggle with. How do I get this relationship back? It may not be intended for you to have that relationship back. Or it may be uh, maybe another season it will yeah. come back. But you have to you have to respect the fact if that person. That has been hurt because now they have to go through a process because maybe the healing didn't start for them until you apologized. That's true. You know, you know what? Like I said at the beginning of the broadcast, is it depends on it's very subjective because it depends on what the hurt was. Yeah. You know, because sometimes some hurt is it's it's over. It's as simple as that. Now there's some hurt that it take, take people some time, but there's some things you can do. Hate to say it, there's some things you can say that can end relationships instantly. Mm -hmm. And they will never ever come back together. So that has right. a lot to do with what that hurt really was and how severe it was. Because we know that some hurt is it's a no, it's a deal breaker. It's as simple as that. Certain things, and all of us are different. But there's certain things people can do to us, and it's automatically it's a deal breaker. It's over. It's final. And then there's yep. something that you know it may take some time, but that person has mm -hmm. to accept whatever that outcome. You know, like 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 you know when we sin against God. You know, we mm -hmm. can do the sin, but we can always choose the punishment that we're going to get. We can't choose the punishment. Yeah, that's right. from him. So we yeah. can do the hurt, but we can't choose the outcome. So that was a very good point that she made on that part. Yep. Thank you. Just very, very good point. Because let's be honest, you know, one of the ones that a lot of people struggle with infidelity, cheating, mm -hmm. you know, whether that's in a marriage, whether that's in just a regular relationship, when someone cheats and that that's the part 
that people have a hard time understanding. Okay, I mm. cheated and I apologize. So why do you won't take me back? What exactly? Yep. yep. Exactly. You know, that's a that's a that's a deal breaker. It's over. Right. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And, and watch this. When a person say they don't want to take you back, because this is what happens a lot of time. They may say, "Look, we could be some type of distant friend. I'm not going to hate you. I wish the best for you, but because you've broken trust, that, because you've word. broken the relationship, I feel now." That although I can forgive you in my heart, in my mind, I feel like I can't trust you. And I don't want to be in a relationship with someone that I feel like I can't trust because that's an unhealthy relationship. And that's a relationship that can't grow. So if yeah. I feel like I can't trust you, I know that's something that I have to get healed from. But I have the right to say, if you've cheated on me, I will forgive you for what you did. But now I don't want to move forward in a relationship with you. You have to understand that, you know, and I think this is the problem. A lot of times when I look at, you know, things they hear people talk and deal with counseling and stuff, people have a hard time dealing with just that fact right there. Well, I said, sorry, I bought flowers. I bought candy. I bought gifts. I did this. I haven't cheated in, in six months, but you was cheating for a year. Yep. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I haven't done this. I haven't done this now. I've shown them that I'm a better person. And you know what? That's great because a lot of what you're doing, that you're not cheating, that you're showing that you're a better person. You have to do that for you, because if you want to ever have a healthy relationship with anybody going forward, you have to resolve those issues in you and stop cheating as a person. You know, you have to become a better person, but you have to understand that that person may say, you know what? I'm sorry, but the relationship is over. You know, yep, yep. I told you, especially when they tell you in the beginning that that is a deal breaker, because yep. I'm going to be honest, me and my wife, before we got married, we discussed what did what the deal breakers were for us. Mm -hmm. We like, look, yep. these are some things that we're not allowing in our marriage. We know we say we both say we love the Lord. We know what the words say, but it's just some things we're not going to accept. And if these and think, things uh, what you gonna say? Mm -hmm. No, I, I think a lot of times that when you get into relationships, you forget that the whole structure is a ship. You're supposed to carry one another because it's two different worlds coming together. And see, mm -hmm. when you don't leave baggage, when you don't, if you already been through stuff, you already been through hell, you already been through this. Somebody said that somebody did this and you're supposed to carry one, another, bring it to the table, pour it all out. We don't have those discussions no more in relationship. Mm -hmm. You say, oh, well, I just want to date you. I just want to court you. You look, they, they get married to the idea first. The idea yeah. of getting married. Oh, you look like the type of person I can be with for a <laughs> long period of time. You look like the type of person that can, you know, be the father of my children or the mother of my children. We can build something together, but can you keep it together? Mm -hmm. right. Can you keep it together? We we want to build together, but can you really keep it? There's a sacrifice right. in keeping something together. There's a sacrifice in saying, you know what? If I get tired, you take the wheel. You know, mm -hmm. if something was to come, if a storm was to come while we're on this ship together. Well, we're going to stand together and fight together or we're going to fight separately because now I'm open if I'm by myself. Yeah, I need somebody mm -hmm. to, to, to help me with this, to carry me through. And a lot of problems, a, a lot of issues is the man drifts off, mm -hmm. drifts in another direction. So now the woman is left exposed. The woman is left open. So when we look at even like Adam and Eve, she was left exposed. Yeah. Right, man, you just opened up a whole can of worms, man. Right, right. My mind is flowing right now. It's like what I, one one thing I, I saw when you were, when you're making your point is that I, it's like a broken record. I've been saying trust has been broken, trust has been broken, and you're feeling rejected. And I started mm -hmm. saying this: 
if it's between a husband and a wife, when you are rejected by that other yeah. one, really, we know that spiritually two become mm -hmm. one. You mm -hmm. really are pulling that oneness away and it's becoming two. Really, you destroy, you have almost destroyed the relationship almost. I mean, because mm -hmm. when you're rejecting your someone, you're really rejecting yourself when you think about it. When you think about it, two is one. You're rejecting yourself. And because you, he, he or whoever made the hurt, they put that out there. They did they, they did the hurt. And they are, because of the rejection is there, they put in ways in order to destroy their relationship through that rejection. So that's mm -hmm. opened up a whole can of worms that you really have to apologize quickly. And that trust has has being broken. It has to be built. And unfortunately, sometimes it takes time and a lot of time to get back on that trust 100% where it should be. Right. I want to share this comment on the screen. I want to share that. It says, and on the flip side, by Jennifer, on the flip side, you shouldn't want to be in a relationship with someone who no longer trusts you. It would be miserable. <laughs> that, is, that is true. That that is true, but you know it's what? True. I think sometimes it, when I, people fight yeah. for that that relationship, sometimes this is this is the trip. I think sometimes people are not really fighting for the relationship. Say they've been rejecting. They like, okay, I cheated, I messed up. Now you know, I just want them to uh, forgive me. I want them to forgive me. I want to move on. A lot of times they're not fighting for the relationship. Sometimes they're fighting for the image of the relationship. They're not really fighting for the person. You know, and that's a problem in itself when you're not really fighting for the person. Look, I love you. I messed up. I want to be with you. I don't want to be apart from you. Sometimes people are fighting for the image of it. Man, if I don't get this back, man, what people going to say? How's it going to look? You know, I, you know, I, I, I can't I can't be out of this relationship or it's going to constantly make me look bad. If I really care about you, I'm not worried about it, look, about it looking bad. I'm worried about how I made you feel what I did to you. I'm worried about that because th that's what my love is. My love is not on the image of it. So it's right that sometimes people say, man, I just want them back. And no, they don't because it's hard being with somebody that don't trust you, whether they have a right to, to not trust you. And yeah. especially if they don't have a right, because you just have some people that just, they're not trustworthy themselves. So they don't trust people. So that is a miserable situation to be in. What was you about to say, Corinthians? Uh, it slipped my mind. I was reading um, Natalie's. <laughs> oh yeah, Natalie's, I'm gonna put up. Her, I'm gonna put up her comment. <laughs> let's let's go now. She said you can discuss everything, but it still will happen if a man isn't really, what well, isn't really. Maybe she's saying ready to settle down. He shouldn't want to commit, especially a marriage. What well, you know? What uh, okay. Um, sometimes I, I, I agree, but sometimes it's not even just a man. Sometimes it's the woman too. It's sometimes it's both people when they're not ready to settle down. Well, this is the thing. Sometimes people are ready to settle down, but, um, Corinthian had, had alluded to this earlier is that real conversation is not had anymore. Right. You know, you, you, you caught up in the love aspect of it. Oh, I love them. They love me. We both love the Lord. I want to be with them. We can build something. But a real conversation isn't had because people have unrealistic expectations when they go into marriage. You know, they think, OK, um, first of all, let me say this. And this kind of going off into another thing. We will have to do a show on this <laughs> Um, is marriage is not to solve all. Marriage does not correct everything. It does not solve whatever's going wrong in your life.
You know, if you already let me say, if a man or a woman already have a hoish mentality, look, if you, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, if, if you a whole marriage, not gonna fix that. Matter of fact, marriage is gonna make yep. it worse. You could be like, man, yep. if you burning going in, you gonna be burning all up while you in it. Like, man, you know. So, so sometimes people go into marriage with this un, this unrealistic expectation is that it's gonna solve all my problems. You know, mm -hmm. if I if I'm already a person that's dealing with rejection, dealing with loneliness, dealing with all these issues, all this trauma in my life, I get married and my spouse is going to fix all them problems that I have in my life. Not so. And it's and it's unfair to have that expectation of them to fix all the things that's wrong in your life. And so then even sometimes than that, uh -huh. you bringing all that. Then she's bringing all these other issues to the so imagine that you got the five things you're dealing with. Then she got the four or five things she's dealing with, and all of that is coming together. So mm -hmm. that just opened up, I mean, a whole lot right there and there. And, and that's real talk right there. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up, but that's real talk because all of us go into these marriages, we got issues. It's as simple as yeah. every one of us got some type of an issue that we're dealing with. It's as mm -hmm. simple as that. And the person that you marry, guess what? They got some issues that they're dealing with also. A lot of right. them come from childhood or wherever they came from. But you come in with your issues and he's coming with her and we come together. But you made a commitment that despite these issues, we're mm. going to work out these out. I know you deal right. with that and I'm dealing with that, but we're going to bring it. And you said it correctly. We're going to talk about it and we're going to put it on the table and we're going to deal with it. Right. But but I will I will say I do agree, though, if somebody know going in, if you know from the beginning, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to settle down. Even sometimes, maybe it's not, I'm not ready to settle down. Some people, I'm ready to settle down, but I'm not ready for responsibility. I want to settle down, but I'm not ready yeah. for responsibility. I'm not really ready for commitment to say that now I, you hold me responsible for something. I hold you responsible for something. You know, maybe I'm not ready for that. So I do agree on the part. She say, look, if you know going in that you're not ready, then don't do it. So that's, mm -hmm. I know that's going to another show, but that's just yeah. a little advice for anybody that is, that's the people that's watching this, the people that see this, the people that's listening to this or will hear this, that look, if you know you're not ready, then you need to have that conversation. I, that's an excellent point that um, Corinthian gave, that have an honest conversation. I always tell people, like, when I do counseling, have you all talked about who do you want to have kids? How many? Do you want somebody? You know, what expert? First of all, talk about your expectations. And then if you take time to listen to one another ex expectation, you will see what's realistic and what's not realistic. You know, and then at least... It's so funny you said that. You would think, unfortunately, I would think that that conversation been had, but I've heard it several times, even <laughs> recently, earlier this year, where someone was talking about, no, I wanted kids, but he didn't, or vice versa. I'm like, wait, that should have been talked to, to me. That's a conversation for me to happen, man, on first, second date. I mean, you know, yeah. I guess because a lot of us are different when I talk, you dating to be married. You ain't dating. To, what you dating for? That's why you date. Right. So, and I think we need to go back. Why do you date? I mean, why do you, as they say, why do you court? You know, I was taught that this is what you do. You talk about this is those what you do during that time. But, that, but see, everybody of, don't, but see, like don't said, date to marry, though. Exactly. And see, a lot of people, what we do, we do two things. Number one, we talk on the surface. So yep. we never really get to the root of any issue. So I could be a hurt man, but I'm going to talk on surface just to get over it. Same thing with the woman. She can be deeply hurted. Deep. It can be a whole bunch of different issues, but everybody just talks on surface. Marriage is really a bonus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you're dating and or courting, 
you know, marriage is just agreeing with God. Mm-hmm. It's a covenant. It's a covenant. It's not just a commitment. It's a covenant. It's a promise that guess what? No matter what happens, I push you, you push me. We protect one another. We do this mm-hmm. with one another. But so why is it that everything is coming in between that? Because mm-hmm. we haven't dealt with it. We right. just swept it up under the rug like everything else. We yep. just put it in the back of the closet like everything else. So now we decide we want a clean house. Man, where this come from? Where this come from? Now you're going back and forth with one another because it's unresolved issues that should have been dealt with. It's just like when you get saved. First, one of the first things they tell you, or they used to say back in the day, arrest your convictions. It doesn't solve it, but if you're arrested, you have a better handle on it. Mm-hmm. So now I know how to control it before it tries to come up in a different season of my life where it controls me. Same thing with a marriage and a relationship. Then that's why you have the man feels like he's inferior to the woman. Oh, I can control every issue. I can control every situation or vice versa. And even though we are talking about rejection, for instance, it's like, well, you did this to me. You scarred me. So now I look at you totally different. Yep. You're going to shut me out. I'm going to shut you out because that's what rejection is to close the door on somebody. Yep. Yep. So no matter what I do nice, you, the door was closed. You will never see it anyway until I say it's okay. Yep. But then mm-hmm. we all we go into another issue. Then <laughs> what does that process look like? Everybody has a different process. Go mm-hmm. through your process, how long it ever takes. But guess what? Because I'm committed to you, I have to be in it with you. If that's your process and I've done the damage, I got to walk the same road. Mm-hmm. Children of Israel went into the wilderness for 40 years. Everybody walked the same path. They was in the wilderness together. And nobody was over here. Nobody was over there. They was all in it together. Yep. And it's the same. It's the same. You got to be in it together. You got to be in it together. I want to put up this. Thank. Let's see. Another comment here. Let's see. Uh, okay. No, we, that's, no, that's not the one I want to put. I want to share this one. Let's see. And you have to commit daily. Mm-hmm. It's not always a feeling. It's a conscious decision. I, it's I a agree. It's a willingness to change. It's a willingness I agree. to change. I want to read a couple of other comments. Okay. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I want to read a couple of other comments that were made um, when we posted the uh, this question up um, yesterday. Um, a few other comments I'm reading. Um, one uh, one person says self examination and correction. Hold no grudges from being rejected. Uh, that's good. Another person said show the humility in yourself and allow them to come around at their pace. Make peace and let it go. Okay. Uh, we have another person that said you really don't you let oh they saying you don't really deal with it you let the lord deal with it said i'm learning that sometimes no matter how you try to deal with and manage those feelings the lord is the only one who can help you sometimes people can't see beyond themselves as a humble humble being with good intentions towards people we try to forgive and make amends giving others the benefit of the doubt and it doesn't matter to them even though they are offended let's see what it say hmm, even though they they offended you that's when it takes god to deal with the situation and release you of those feelings and i i understand what they're saying but what we're talking about tonight is i do believe it does take god to heal us from a lot of things but that healing only happens when we stand accountable for what we've done you know, if you don't think you've done anything wrong, if you don't want to take any responsibilities or anything, then how do you expect healing? Because God wants us to confess our faults to him. 
You know, so it's not just, look, I prayed about it and I'm I'm looking for God to fix the situation. No, God's saying it's something that you need to do in order for this. Mm -hmm. You got to do your part. My part is handled, but you got to be willing to do your part. Let me see how how you how willing you are to work just like the prodigal son restoration was there for him but it didn't happen until he apologized he went back to his dad yes his dad was waiting but you notice in the text his dad didn't go looking for him he had to come back and he had to say look dad i sinned against you and i sinned against god you know, he had to do all of that. There was still an action. And what I want us to understand is that we can't um, we can't remove ourselves from our responsibility and the action that we must take. And I see um, something else. I see Jessica. I, I see you've been talking about um, Jacob and Esau. I'm not ignoring that. Only reason I'm not going into that, because I'm going to be real with you. That's getting into Sunday's message. <laughs> it's, getting, it's getting into Sunday's message. You know, some, some I got. So, you know, y'all have to tune back in on Sunday if you want to hear. We got some, but that is a good example uh, when she's talking about Jacob and Esau. I'm not going to put all that up right now, but there was a betrayal in there. There was there was um there was something that that happened. Matter of fact, and this is something else. Jacob didn't just do his twin, his older twin brother Esau wrong once, but he did him wrong twice, you know, mm -hmm. and he did some very hurtful things to him. But it's something that we want to touch on about that Sunday. So that's why we're not going to go into that right now. But I do have an example that I want to use from the Bible. I want to use an example of um, Genesis 16 dealing with Hagar. Mm -hmm. Now, for the people that don't know about Hagar, she was basically she was a servant to Sarah. She was a slave to her. She was her, you know, her maid. We all know that before Abraham became Abraham, when he was Abram, God told him, like, look, I'm going to bless you. You're going to be father of many nations. But the man didn't have no kids. He like, look, I'm getting past the age. Sarah getting past the age. You know, it, it was a faith thing for them. So he didn't think it was going to happen. Sarah didn't think it was going to happen. Sarah like, look here. What we're going to do here, I'm going to bring Hagar on over here. I'm going to give her to you. You take her on as a second wife. You have a baby with her. That's how God going to do it. So that's a whole nother story there. I'm not going to go into that uh, right now. But what happens here, it was customary for that to be done. Because mm -hmm. if a woman didn't give her back then, give her husband a child, she was looked down on and all that. Mm -hmm. And especially if she didn't give him a boy. So she wasn't necessarily wrong in, in, in doing that. It was customary. She was wrong because it wasn't the will of God. But like I said, we won't go all into that. But watch this. What happened was, hey, guy, when you read it, she was rejected by Sarah. Matter of fact, she was mistreated by Sarah to the point that she ran away. But let's back up a minute. Why was she mistreated? Because first I just look, used to look at it like, man, Sarah, you know, you treated her like this and you the one. She was just following your orders. She was obeying you. You gave her. To, she couldn't say no. She was your slave. So she couldn't say no. So she went in there and she, you know, had a got pregnant by Abram. And now all of a sudden you acting this way about her. But look, a small verse within there. It says that when she realized that she was with child, when she was pregnant, mm -hmm. then she started acting some kind of way with Sarah. She started having, you know, I forgot the word they use, but she started showing discourse. She started hating on Sarah. She started acting funny towards Sarah. She the one that her attitude changed. Her position changed. I think Corinne talked about that earlier. Position, mm -hmm. Her position changed. Mm -hmm. Her demeanor changed. She started being nasty first. Because, yep. you know, she got the big head. She started thinking, you know, mm -hmm. she walking around there like, look, she like, look, 
All right, everybody raise their hand. Who else pregnant by Abram? Raise your hand. Yep. Oh, just me? Just me? Oh, I thought a woman that couldn't get pregnant by him said something. You know, you know what I, mean? the I just saw <laughs> Hagar uh, from being around Abraham and Sarah. Hagar knew the promise. Yeah. She can from being or just being around him, she knew that promise that Abraham was going to be the father of many nations. She yeah. knew to been living in that house, she had to know that. So because of that, she was thinking, because I have Ishmael here, because that's what mm -hmm. a lot of people thought in the natural day, this is it. I am gonna be the mother of many nations. Just like and, and I think that came over, probably came over to her like, wait. I'm living this promise. And that probably made her feel like, hey, I am somebody. You know, I am all that in a bag of chips now. Well, not on, not only that, like I said, it was it was customary in those times that a woman had a lot of honor if she gave her husband if a child, husband. Yep. especially yep. a son. So you you honor and favor was on you. Other women that wasn't in that same position, they envied you. So I think that she dealt, she felt that at first. She like, look, and then the fact that Sarah, who is his wife, she the first wife, she the one that really all this belonged to. She, I did something that she couldn't do. See, that's when pride comes in. I did yeah. something you can't do. You can't get pregnant. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I was I was a slave. I was a slave to you, but now I'm able to do something that you can't do. I'm giving your husband a child and you can't do it. So she got big-headed and that showed. Sarah saw the look in her eyes. She saw her demeanor. She saw how she started acting towards her. So when she started acting this way towards her, what did Sarah do? She rejected her because she had to put her back in her place. She's like, wait a minute, mm -hmm. I'm the head wife. I'm wife number one. You still my handmaiden. You still a slave, a servant to me. You know, I know you pregnant and everything, but so then she started being really mean to her, doing all these things. And what Hagar do? She runs away. She get out there in the desert. She, oh, Lord, you know, they mistreating me. This is what we do. Mistreating me and treating me wrong. Now I'm out here. You know, I don't know. What am I going to do? And the Lord sends her an angel. And this is the part that blew my mind. The Lord sends her an angel. Now, you would think that, you know, these people say, I prayed about it. You would think God would show up, send the angel and say, look. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to take care of you. Don't you even worry about it. They didn't have the right to treat you like this. You know, they, they disobeyed me. They out of my will. So I'm going to bless you. He did give her a blessing and give a blessing for Ishmael. But what he told her first is go back. Go mm -hmm. back and, and submit to Sarah. What? Are you serious? Yeah, go back. Because you was wrong too. I'm not going to overlook your wrong. You know, mm -hmm. go back and submit to her apologize to her get back in her good grace i'm gonna bless you but it's only gonna happen if you go take responsibility you do what you're supposed to do yep. wow that's 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 something for us right there now that's something for us i'm like wow because it started <laughs> with her demeanor with her position because she got out of position and sometimes we do that we get it especially us as christians sometimes we get out of our rightful place we get out of our position mm -hmm. i cut them out because they did such and such but well, wait a minute what, what you out of your place you out of position god you want me to go for, you want me to go apologize to them they deserve they deserve for me to cuss them out no they didn't because although they did something to offend you, still mm -hmm. you can control the way that you respond. You couldn't control what they did, but you could control the way that you responded. And you know that I don't have you to respond that way. I have you to handle it differently. And see, and that's the part that we miss. So when I read that, the angel said, no, go on back. 
I know, I know she made you run away. I know she mistreated you and everything, but what did you do? See, mm -hmm. so it's really about our accountability. What did you do? What Can you, you do? start working on what you did? Good stuff, Doc. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. And so, then just to throw a uh, curveball out there, we uh, talked about you know the person that um, that's rejecting you because you brought hurt on them, and suppose and we said it could be a deal breaker. They can say, you know what, I'm done. But what about the person that initiated the hurt and is now being rejected? They can get to a point where they say. I can't live. And as Jennifer brought this out earlier, they say, I'm living a miserable life. I'm being rejected. And because of that rejection, you know what? I'm done because I mm -hmm. can't deal with this no more. I know I initiated, but I did my ABCs. I apologized went to God, apologized mm -hmm. to the person. I waited, I fast, I prayed, whatever I did. But now it's getting to a point where I can't live like this anymore. I know I created it, but this is a problem. And this rejection is going to make me just walk away or be a deal breaker. What do you guys think about mm -hmm. that? Throwing a curveball out there. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that, Clint? It's, you know, accountability, rejection, and the position. Now, what happens, now the question is, what happens if God tells you to go back after you've been rejected and you know mm -hmm. they're not going to receive you? you know they're not gonna change their position to say, you know what, you're right. I made the mistake, I screwed up. What what happens then? You know, we just still have to be in our place regardless of what happens. And yes, the process of, of healing is, is the window's wide. And for most people, they feel like it's very small because of what the damage it brought them. You know, you, I, oh, I don't wanna deal with this right now. Give me two months later. I still don't wanna deal with this right now. A year later, I still won't. So when is the perfect time? So you're not actually right. putting yourself in a position to heal. Right. Yeah, we, we know you've been rejected. Okay, fine. But for how long? Because now you're rejecting the process to heal. Mm. It's no longer about them. It's about self at this point. Because they may come to you and say, you know what? I don't want to do it. I'm closed-minded. Well, then you still got to get healing because the healing got to start with self. That means... That, that allows you to move forward in, in what God has for you and allows you to move forward and what you're trying to do even for yourself and for others, you know? And man, that whole, whoop, to go back, man, <laughs> right. just, yeah, that's I, all it is. Just go back. Just forget go back. Forget what you said, forget what you heard. Just go back. Now, how do you deal with that when you got to go back? Just go you back. Just, yeah, you have to be obedient to that because that's, that's the, like we were saying with Hagar, you know, she had to go back because once again, how she felt, she, and let me make this plain. She wasn't wrong for how she felt because mm -hmm. I used to always point out the fact that she was just doing what she was instructed to do. First of all, Sarah was wrong for saying she was right, but she was wrong. She was right according to man's standard, but she was wrong according to what God has said. So Hagar like, look, I'm a slave. I'm a servant in here. So you tell me to go be with Abram. That's what I'm going to do. I get mm -hmm. pregnant by him. That's what y'all wanted. But what she messed up is, see, this is the thing. Watch this. She was humble. It takes humility to do that. She was yeah. humble to say, mm -hmm. okay, I'll go, go with Abram. I have a child by him. That was humility. She stopped being humble 
when she got bigger in her own eye, when she started mm -hmm. saying, well, I'm the one that's pregnant by him. Sarah don't mean nothing now. Yeah, oh, this this was Sarah House, but who running it now? I'm the one that's pregnant <laughs> by him. You know what I'm saying? Like, so say what? Yeah, like I said, she was like, all right, yeah, I thought somebody that couldn't get pregnant by their husband said something, you know? So, mm -hmm. so she stopped being humble. That's what got her in trouble. So a lot of times, so she had to go back to the place of being humble. She had to go back to a place and a position of humility. And I'll go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and bring out a little bit of what Jessica was saying when she's talking about Jacob and Esau. I want, she, she brought out a, a lot here. I just put it up for, you know, basically, let me just sum it up. What she's bringing out about Jacob and Esau is Jacob had to apologize. He had to mm -hmm. go back. He did Esau wrong. But watch this, because Esau was like, look, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> you know, he was like, you know, I'm going to kill you. You know, that's just how mad he was. And sometimes mm -hmm. we can hurt somebody to the point where they be so angry where they get out of themselves. So Esau was like, look, soon as daddy die, I'm taking you out. We're we going to have a we're going to have daddy funeral. And shortly after that, we're going to have you. Right. <laughs> You're right. Right. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. You and him, yeah. You and him, we celebrating y'all life around the same time. Just let, just letting you know. So Jacob runs away. He like, look, man, I'm scared for my life. Jacob ran away. He didn't have nothing. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. When you read the Bible, it's a, he was so he left. He didn't have something. He was so broke that the Bible say he used a rock for a pillow. Now you yeah. know between a rock and a hard place. <laughs> <laughs> between a rock and a hard place, you know he yeah. used a rock for a pillow. Then he ended up with his uncle and all that, but we're not going to go into all that. But the thing was, before, when he finally got ready to, um, she put in here 14 years, you know, after going out to 14 years, I think I read something else that said it might have even been 20, something like that. But a lot of years go by. And when he get ready to finally meet his brother again, but he prayed. So this for the people's like, just pray. He prayed, but he, that boy was still scared. He like, look. He got some stuff together. He yeah. like, let me let me send him some gifts. Let me send the gifts before I get there. I guess you know, maybe he knew ahead of time my room will make my gifts will make room for me. Maybe he knew that. <laughs> of, you know, mm -hmm. he like let me send some stuff. He like, look, when y'all see my brother, he told us say, when y'all see my brother, and he asked who this stuff belong to. Say, Master Lord, they belong to you. You know, your brothers and but they belong to you. All this, all this is yours. Oh, this is yours, whatever you want. It's all yours, you know, because, but this was the thing. He still did all that. He knew he had to make amends. He had to apologize, but he's still like, look, I got to do more. I have to do something. This ain't about, I can't talk about where, what Esau messed up on because there was some mistakes that Esau made, which we're going to bring out. Sunday. Won't go into that, but it was some stuff, mistakes that he made, you know, but Jacob still was like, I got to take responsibility for myself. No, it, it's time. I got to stop running from this. I got to stop making excuses. You know, I got to stop talking about, you know, where my mama put me up to it, you know, or my daddy would, you know, he was blind. It was his fault. You know, it was Esau's fault. No, it's the, what I did is nobody's fault but mine. Mm -hmm. So now I have to apologize to my brother. So, yeah, he did all that. He went back. He sent gifts. He like, look, because I, I ain't prayed, but I don't know if this man going to forgive me. <laughs> Let me try to lighten the blow. Maybe he won't kill me. Maybe he just beat me down real right. bad. But let me, <laughs> let me send him this stuff and maybe I'll I take this whooping. But, you know, mm -hmm. but you right. We have to go back if the person allows for us to come back. Because sometimes people not ready. 
they like, look, I, I don't want to see, I don't want to hear your voice. I don't want to see your face. I don't want to see nobody that look like you. Cause sometimes you could do something just that devastating. But what I want everybody to understand is that when we deal, when we face that rejection, we have to understand, okay, what part did I play in this? What are my accountabilities? And it's something, it's something, let's see. It was a comment that talked about rejection on here. Let me see. Uh, let me see. And sometimes we see things. Okay. Let me put this up. Let me put this up. This is good. It says, and sometimes we see things as rejection when it's not. People need time to process. But if we have a spirit of rejection, all right, come on. We see mm -hmm. everything through the lens of rejection. So it all feels like rejection when it's not. That's wow. my wife. By the way. Wow. That's my wife. By the way, they just sit mm -hmm. drop the bomb on us. Wow. <laughs> let, me read, let me read that again. It says, and sometimes... We have to read it like we're taking a text. <laughs> and sometimes we see things as rejection when it's not. People need time to process. But if we have a spirit of rejection, we see everything through the lens of rejection. So it all feels like rejection when it's not. Absolutely right. I agree with that. When people are dealing with somebody may say, well, what is a spirit of rejection when you have that on you? Sometimes when we're coming up and I think both of you all alluded to this earlier is that when we come into relationships, no matter what the relationship is, we still have baggage that we bring in. So if I've already experienced some form of rejection in my life that wasn't a result of something that I did and I continue to carry that and I haven't gotten healed from that, then that stays on me. It follows me like a spirit, like a weight. And then, so now everything else in my life, when I approach it, I yep. see it through a lens of rejection. Everything seems like rejection. When it's not rejecting you, it's just, look, you know, cause I could even admit sometimes myself in a relationship. And I, and I know, you know, all of us are married men on the night. Um, I don't know if you all can admit to this, but I can admit that sometimes, you know, even in marriage, sometimes you could feel like, look, my wife rejected me, but it's like, no, I'm not rejecting you. I'm just tired. You know, I'm tired yeah. tonight. Or I got, you know, no, it's not, it's not rejection. But if you already feel rejection before you even entered into the room, then everything that happens from this point is going to feel like, or look like rejection to you, yeah, you know, right. when it's not. Dr. Jen hit it on the spot, man. She throwing That's out right. all these little education stuff on us, man. We know, she know we ain't there yet, but man, <clears> when <throat> that, that spirit of rejection, man, there's some people that live, if somebody is, won't let them get over in the next lane, they feel rejected. Whatever it is mm -hmm. for life, if they go to the store and they don't give them ketchup and, oh, they didn't give them ketchup, they, I'm, I'm just being mm -hmm. honest, people You're right. like that. And, and and that will follow them the rest of life. So that's a whole nother, whole nother app. Like you said, that's a whole nother topic, you know, to talk about. And really, that is what people are really living with inside of them. All yeah. those type of things. That's the spirit. That's truly that there are a lot of people living with that. And hey, you said sometimes we don't talk about that, find out what, when, what's really going on with you. But they can have a spirit of rejection that whatever anybody does, they're going to feel rejected some sort of a way. Wow. Your, 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 your perception your perception changes the more mm. you block yourself right it's a perception mm -hmm. of your lens so it's a deception yeah it's a deception it's like well i've been rejected so much i become immune to it that's it mm -hmm. so locking into your wife she says well everything around me looks like it yep just because you got one no that means 
oh, I just set up myself up for failure. Everything else is a no for me. Everything else is a no. Whatever I try, I can't do it because I'm, I'm going to re get rejected. So I can't make plastic bottles no more. I'm going to get rejected because right. that idea sucked. Or I can't write a book. And now you build according to that because of your this, your perception of things. And that's, that's, that spirit is so strong. If we don't can't, if we don't cast it out, and if we don't get a handle on it, we already know it's got a handle on us because we've been doing it for so much, for so long. Right. We talk against the promises of God. We talk against this. We talk against that. So now everything that we do, well, we just go out with wrong intent. So now God has Ooh. to carry us back to a place of humility and say, you know what? Break your back because you need to get to a place where you're not rejected. You you got to be filled with something. See, I saw a comment that talked about Jessica put up a comment about Moses rejected. Well, oh, see, yeah. We're going to put that up. The, the curve to that was that he kept going back and he knew what God said. He said, guess what, Moses? I'm going to harden his heart. I'm going to tell right. you on purpose that I'm going to do it. Yep. Now, what you going to do with that? You ain't got time to feel rejected, man. You got you because there's a call. There's something that you have to do, and it's not for you. It's for them. That's right. right. That's mm. right. See, that's that's their rejection. You can't live in that because it ain't for you. Yeah, they hurt you, but it's for them. See, we talk about forgiveness. Well, you know, forgiveness is for you. It's not for them. Yeah, I'll let you have that. Yeah, but it's for them. Because watch mm -hmm. how things just, it'll fall off you like it, because it's never was supposed to be on you, because it happened to you. See, it'd be different if you did it. Right. It'd be different if you did it. So it's it's one of those things where, man, that, that rejection thing, we have to get a tackle on it. We have to, it's that perception and how we see stuff. Yes. Everything should not appear to that, to that standard. That It creates a standard that we don't need to be standing on top of. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Wow. Man, I, I, I'm going to throw another scenario out there for you all. I'm going to throw when we talk about kind of piggyback off the whole thing. Everything is not rejection. Let's say this is the scenario. You have a situation where I'm going to use us, for example. All right. Uh, me and Miguel, good friends go way back. Brothers. So we have we have a relationship and we have people that are in our circle of friends. You and him are friends. You all have a circle of friends and but I don't know necessarily all the circle of friends that you two have and you don't know the circle of friends that all the circle of friends that me and him have. He's the common denominator to both of us. Mm -hmm. But this the thing. Let's say he has something where, you know, and then the thing is, too, I know me. So say he has something he invite y'all over or something like that. And some of y'all friends, some that I don't know. But then I start feeling some kind of way and I call him like, man, you know, you had something and man, why, why you didn't invite me over, man? You know, and you know, and, and in his mindset, he's not even thinking about it that way. He's just like, look, you know, we was having, you know, such and such and, you know, and watch this. It may be something that I don't even necessarily want to do something I'm not up for. Maybe I had to work. Maybe I'm tired or especially in this pandemic. Now, certain people already know that it's certain stuff that I'm not going to do right now because my immune system and all that stuff. So I don't get invited. But then what I do is I see that as rejection. 
I see that mm. man. I ain't done nothing. That's that's my boy. We go way back. You know, we grew up together. Oh, he got these other friends, and now all of a sudden we're not friends anymore. And then you see that as a rejection when it's like, no, dude, slow down. That's not rejection. He had the right to have other friends. Mm. You have the right to have other friends. You have some friends that he don't know of or that you've had events and he hasn't been a part of that. Sometimes, man, I see, man, I was just dealing with a situation where somebody felt that way. And then the person that's in the middle, they say, well, look, I just I don't necessarily mix my circles. Now, me and him, not necessarily like that. We kind of right. mix some of our circles. But there are some people that we have in our relationship that, you know, Everybody just don't know everybody per se. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's impossible, but you have the person that feel like say me and is, I'm feeling rejected. Now I'm mad at him because you didn't invite me over your house, but you invited Karen, you invited Michi, you invited um somebody else, you have invited some other people that I don't even know. You know, he like first of all, we have to understand that's his house. You know, he got a right to invite who he wants to. And the thing is, you focusing on his relationship with other friends mm. when what you what I should be doing is focus on my relationship with him because his relationship with other friends doesn't affect our relationship. But see, if I'm already, like I said, walking around with a spirit of rejection, then everything I'm looking through that lens of rejection. So now mm. I'm mad at him. Now I stop talking to him. He like. And watch, you know what that's going to do? All that's going to do is next time when Turn he has off. some, right, mm -hmm. when he be like, you know what, I'm going to invite LeVar. But then he like, you know what, LeVar kind of stopped talking to me. You know, he, <laughs> he, he, he been acting funny. And then then what I do is go, see, he still acting funny. He had some again and didn't invite me. Mm -hmm. Well, you had responded to his text, but because you was mad over something you shouldn't even be mad about, you know, or then I go have something and then I go, you know what? I'm going to have this over here and now I'm not going to invite him. You know, man, that's so immature. Yeah. That, that's yeah, petty. You know what? Mm -hmm. Jennifer answered that. It's the spirit of rejection is over yeah. that person. Because if that person is your friend, you're not even thinking about nothing like that. You're like, oh, man, I've been over there many times. You know, I just didn't go there one time. You know, I know I'm going to go over there again. But right. that spirit of rejection is there. It will travel you everywhere you go and it would affect your life wherever you go it'll affect your relationships i mean with your family your friends just just like with family you know what i mean people have like, oh yeah no we just got together we went to applebee's we didn't think nothing why y'all didn't call me you know you know people i saw it on facebook i saw the picture on facebook y'all didn't get applebee's yeah. why y'all didn't call me? they would feel rejected and like oh that was just impromptu we were just sitting there talking and we got hungry and we went to get something mm -hmm. to eat. but if that spirit of rejection is there it's going to come up in every situation and every circumstance and follow that person the rest of their life if yes. they don't nip it in the bud. Right. Mm -hmm. You'd be like, you know what? Didn't you tell me? Remember a couple of months back, you told me you don't even like Applebee's. Right. You know, <laughs> you're like, you know, well, yeah, I said that, but I want you to invite me anyway so I can say no. So I can yeah. say I don't like Applebee's, <laughs> you know. So, so yeah, we, we that's an excellent point that she made that sometimes we have to self-examine ourselves and say, am I really being rejected? Because am I really being left out? I hear a lot of people say this too, and it's trips me out. You know, a lot of people want to be invited. They have no intentions of going or yes. coming, but they just want to yeah. be invited. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because it feels if you're not, you feel rejected, and that's that's what you. It you is. Every, everybody wants to feel wanted. Yep. Yeah. And not you know because at at, yep. at at some point in life, they've been rejected, but it may not be on the level of pain that they've mm -hmm. experienced. So now it's just like you giving me the option to say no. 
I'll take that. Yeah. Yep. Right. That's a whole lot better than if I was in a place, a strong place of rejection, where I can say, oh man, I'm about to drive myself insane. So I'm gonna go ahead and look upon you all different because you know what well, you asked me, but I said no. But before that, you never did ask me. But I've been seeing all these posts and seeing all this and seeing it's like, whoa, hold on, Jim Shoe, slow down. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm going through. It's it's just that. And see that it's not just a perception, it don't just stop at the eyesight, it hits the mind. That's it. Yeah. So, so it. now your process is like, wait a minute now. It sure did look like that. Now you start talking. Now you start thinking. You're like, oh, Lord Jesus, nobody wants me. I'm good mm. for nothing and nobody because nobody asked me nothing. I just want to be heard. So now you start doing stuff just to be seen. Now you start yeah. posting stuff just to be read and liked and commented and shared. It don't have a clue with nothing. Just get right. here. <laughs> just get here. I mean, it's just that simple. The, the sky is great. Nobody cares. Just get healed. It, just go right. through the process. Just go through the process. It, it's okay. You're going to be all right. <laughs> You're going to be all right. And you know something? I'm not going to lie. You know what I have a problem with is I have a problem with, like, this social media thing. It's a blessing and a curse. You know, it's good mm -hmm. and bad all at the same time. I have a problem with, you know, I don't know if you all have experienced this, but when people jump on social media and they put all these cryptic messages, it's like, why are you putting all these cryptic messages? You know, mm -hmm. if you have something to say to somebody, just you know, call them on the phone, say it to them. You know, they put all these messages and they and they play the victim role. You yep. know, mm -hmm. man, you know, family's supposed to be down for you, but you know, when you when you down and out, they show sure ain't there for you, you know, yep. or they put stuff, oh yeah, I I, I know who <clears throat> got my back now. I yep. know who my real friends are, you know, yes. you know, yep. putting all this stuff, and it's like you know, you just want to come on and say, uh, just say you sorry. Just apologize because everybody know what you and done. Exactly. But now you're trying to who are you appealing to? Because the people that you're trying to talk to, first of all, some of them not even reading your posts. And then the ones that are reading your posts, they know you or, you know, or they don't know what you talk about. They don't want to have a clue what you're talking about. So you just putting it out there. And then nobody's responding. The people that you've wrong not responding. So now you're mad. And then the people that don't know what's going on, they not responding. So now you're mad. So now you feel rejected again. You feel lonely again. Don't nobody even care that I'm over here going through. Mm -hmm. Look, apologize. Get healed. Yeah. Look, take a look at yourself and deal with the wrong that you've done. You know, you know, you've been cussing folks out. You know, you've been borrowing money, ain't paying it back. You've been lying, cheating, stealing, mm -hmm. robbing. But, you know, you've been doing all these things. And then, but yet you want to play the victim role and like, don't nobody have my back. Maybe don't nobody have your back right now, but people been carrying you for yeah. 10 years, for 15 years, for 20 years. Now, when people say, I can't carry you no longer, you want to holler and scream and say, don't nobody have my back. Man, I'm tired. You've been on my back. That person you just described was the topic tonight. How do you deal with rejection when you hurt somebody? They hurt somebody. Now they feel rejected. And how are they dealing with it? They go into social media. They go and they posting mm -hmm. things. They putting little hints out there to get back at the person because they're too scared to confront the person, you know. But they're gonna put it out there because they say, "I know they're gonna see this quote because this is really for so and so." Because you already know who it's for, and you just put it out there. Yeah. And that's how they're dealing with it, and that's the wrong way to deal with rejection. It's the wrong way to deal with death because I'm the, I'm the type of person too, you know. If if I've offended somebody, like if I offend you in public, then I gotta apologize to you in public. But if I offend you 
in private. I'm not going to discuss it in public because that then mm -hmm. that adds more shame and hurt to it. I'm going to come to you in private and say, look, you know, I was wrong. You know, I'm I'm not going to try to put it out there so it becomes a debate for everybody. And this is the thing. Sometimes people get on social media and put that stuff to try to win people over to their side. Yeah. <laughs> not, stop trying to win people over to your yeah. side. Yeah. And see, you, you, know, you, you, you hit it. You hit it dead on the head. It's like I want extra noise. Mm. I want extra yeah. noise. You, are, you didn't deal with the noise that you had, which was the sound of rejection. Mm -hmm. See, the sound of rejection brings noise on its own. But now you put it, you post it out there, and you, you, you want other people to add their two cents. Now you're conflicted. So it's conflicted. So it's the battle of the minds. Whose mm. mind am I going to have? But you don't have the mind of God. So now he's telling you how to think and how to respond in this rejection. But since you close minded and you've opened your mind up to this stuff or social media, it's like, well, go ahead. Listen to them. You're going right. to end up worse than where you are, yes. because technically where you are is not worse. It's just a moment. It's just a setback to say, whoa, OK, I, that was a little that was a little that took a, that took my breath away for like two seconds. All right. So now how do I fight through that? How, let me work through that. But we make it harder when we reject the place that we were at to get to where we need to be, which is out of, we'll be a whole lot better if we come out of rejection by just mm -hmm. sitting in one spot and hearing what God is saying and understanding where we're supposed to go and navigating through rejection. Man, but when we man, find unhealthy God. ways to do it by venting and, and uh, indirectly uh, sending these, uh, these cryptic messages, then you're going to run into more problems than you started with. Yep. Than you started with. Wow. Man, so that's, that's this. The forgiveness is like a long shot at that point. Well, yeah, they screwed up, but now you don't add all this other stuff. So now you hear more of that, the noisome pestilence. Now you hear <laughs> all of that. You right. hear all of that. So you can't shield it. You can't block it because you didn't train yourself to stop it because you added to it. You mm -hmm. added to it. Yep. Wow. Man, wow. It was an hour, 17 minutes. Wow, man. Time wow. is moving. <laughs> it, it, uh, it is moving. You know, when I you... I want to say, you, man, that was some good stuff, man. It's like, definitely. I say, man, I've learned something on tonight, man. Sometimes you see it from a different person's point of view. You're like, you know what? I never saw it like that. But I appreciate you, brother, man. I really learned something yes, on sir. tonight. And thanks for sharing. I appreciate you all, too. Yeah, well. Thanks for having me. Man. Yeah. Yes, and that's man. what that's what it's about. And matter of fact, even just because she said, she put up, she said, I'm growing. That's <laughs> that's, what and that's what it's about. That's what it's, that's about. What it's about. We're all, we all are. Man, we it's, all are. It's, it's gonna, always room for growth. I'm going to share this last comment, you know, back to the message. It says, and there are some healthy, necessary rejections mm -hmm. in life. Um, what she meant to say, if we're whole, we learn and grow from those experiences. You're right. There are some times when some rejection has been good for us. Yes, it yes. has been good for us because, you know, I, I think about some people that even in the Bible that were rejected. Joseph was dealt with rejection, man, but it, but it was part of his process. Mm -hmm. It was part of his process to get him to a place. If he had never gotten rejection, if he had never experienced that, guess what? There was going to come a point that his family would have died from the famine, mm -hmm. that many people would have died from the famine because he held the key to get to sustain them through the famine. God was downloading the information to him. But had he not dealt with that rejection, had he not gone through what he had gone through, what would have happened? You know, 
David dealt with rejection. Um, mm -hmm. it's just it's it's so many. Um, it, it, God has blessed people that dealt with rejection. Even Leah in the Bible, yeah. she dealt with rejection, and it even says that when God saw that she how she was hated, it says that He opened up her womb, and you you end up getting a tribe. You know, most of the tribe from her. You know, yeah. all the sons she started having and giving, and 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 how that how that set up a lineage. So yeah. some rejection is good for us. Some rejection is not meant to hurt us. Some rejection um, is meant to grow us, is meant to propel us to the right place. Because let's be honest, sometimes we've tried to connect ourselves to the wrong people, the right. wrong places, the wrong things. And if had we not received rejection to make us run from that thing or to cut off, to break that connection from that thing, we probably wouldn't be in some of the positions that we're in. Man, you know, I'm just gonna make that point. I mean, when I was younger, I mean, I was rejected by the in crowd. You know, my mom, you know, she made sure what I did on the hangout. Oh, yeah, with the right people. but I was a certain group I wanted to hang out because they did some fun stuff. They stayed out to 10 11 o'clock at night, they did other stuff. But my mother said no, so because they already knew that I couldn't hang out with them, there was a rejection that I felt. But thank God, I mean, because not the brag of someone were not here today. I mean, I'm yep. talking about literally, literally dead or in jail right now today. Some of the people that I grew up with, thank God I, I was rejected from that group. Or well, like you say, we wouldn't be here in some of the positions that we're in today if we were not rejected and was able to hang out with that group. And Lord knows where I'll be right now. Man, you you are 100% right because you knew where I grew up. I grew up right in the hood and you know how my mother was. It is it's funny <laughs> on, on my block. Right. Our mothers didn't play. You know, my mother was saved and a thug at the same time. She's like, <laughs> yeah. look, no, only only gang you going to be in is, is in the army of the Lord. That's that's yeah. all. No. She like, I run this set up in here. And the funny thing mm -hmm. about it, you know, we had I lived on a gang set. A lot of people don't know that. But, you know, I had people in position and, and that held authority rank on my block. But they knew they knew my mother. And my friend Eric, I, know, I don't know if you remember him. Yeah. Like both our mothers was the same. And it's, it's so tripped out that we was only allowed to play with one another. Now that that's so, could you imagine that whole block <laughs> full of kids? Full of we kids. was only allowed to really like we could play on the basketball court with some of the other kids, but like as far as going over each other house, yep. you know, sitting on the porch, like really hanging out. Mm -mm. My mother's like, no, you got that one and done. On, on this block, one and done, y'all good. And his mother was the same way. It was to the point that even when some of the guys on the block that, you know, they was doing all type of things, when they got ready to really do some dirt, dirt, they would look at us and say, all right, y'all going in the house. Yeah. Like, yeah. what? Yeah. Yeah. Look, we already, y'all yeah. already know. And we know y'all mothers yeah. don't play this. Y'all going in the house because we about to be on something. Yeah. And what we did, we mm -hmm. get our little grip and we went on in the house. Because we, we knew they knew. And, you know, it's funny when you were a child, it do feel like rejection. It do feel like, oh, yes, man, I must be a yes. I must be a lame. You know, I ain't yeah. in the crowd. Yeah. All this, you know, they would call me church boy. They would see me going, you know, especially when I started playing the drums, they would see me carrying my sticks. You know, I used to try to hide them a little bit. They see me yeah, going right. to all oh, you going, you going to choir rehearsal, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, oh, he he at church on Sunday. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I went through all that. And as a child, you kind of see it as rejection. But you don't realize, like, man, that's saving your life yes, because you're is. absolutely right. A lot of them people, you know what I'm saying, are dead and gone. Matter of fact, that whole block is gone now. But it was it was one of the guys that was younger than me because, you know, I moved off the block at some point that got shot. I don't know if I ever told you that he a drive by was done and he got shot on his own porch. 
on his own porch, almost lost his mm. life. Another guy, one that had position, they caught him on a payphone. I'm telling my age. Yeah, he was on a payphone. They caught him on a payphone in the hood and killed him. Wow. God saved and spared me from what I thought was rejection, what I Come felt on. bad about, that I was like, man, they talking about me, you know, because I, I can remember times really feeling bad, like, man, my mama won't let me go out. She won't let me, you know, they talking about me and my boy, you know, saying Don't all these things that. and we're, we're, we're not in the in crowd, but it saved my life. Yeah. Man, you know? that, that, that rejection, just as listening to you guys talk about it and actually Jennifer, you hit it there. I'm telling you, I was going down that line. I was going down that street. Oh, the, uh, the comment that she put up? Yeah, buddy. She hit it right <laughs> on the head. Go ahead. Um, it's so funny because uh, rejection puts you in two places. Uh, a process of wondering, man, I'm not accepted. I'm not feeling this mm -hmm. love or this uh, gratitude, uh, acknowledgement, affirm, uh, affirming. Um, but then it also puts you in a place of, man, I didn't know I could be here. Like you're just talking about life for a second, just for a second. I didn't know I could be just living, knowing what I saw, knowing what I heard, knowing what I know from other people who grew up, who I grew up with, who were shot in hospitals, don't, lost their mind, don't know which way to go. You know, I'm still here. It puts me in a different position. I can accomplish things that I never thought I could accomplish. I can do things that, are not, you know what I'm saying? Like that's what that rejection, it'll bring about some good stuff, just like COVID. It's a yeah. blessing and a curse. Yeah. yeah. So the, the blessing is that, shoot, most of these folks, they made more money during COVID than yes. they ever did in their entire life. Yes, 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 indeed. Yes. You know? So yeah. rejection will bring about, I mean, a, a, a good place, but you still got to be in a process to be healed. Mm -hmm. Because he still, Jesus still wore the, he still wore it on the shoulders. Like, oh man, God, where you at? Like you're my daddy, but you turn your back on me. Wait, where are you? Right. He right. was he was the kid in the window. Daddy, when's daddy coming home to say mm -hmm. pick me up, say that I love you? But he never came. But now you grow up to be something bigger and better. Despite what your father did in the split moment, he was still there. Even when you called him, he was still there. He still sees you, no matter what you're going through. You feel rejected at beyond. And above, he's still up. He got you. I mean, she hit it, man. She hit that thing. Yeah, yep. and, 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 and I'm glad she brought out about that. Some rejection is good, and I and I want to share this last mm -hmm. this last point, and then you know I'll let you all say some things, and then we, we kind of wrap it up. But this is so good, I almost don't want to let it go, you know. But yep. I, I'll share this about the thing of saying trying to fit in. I experienced also on that same in that same environment on that same block. Trying to fit in when you get when you get rejection that's good for you, but yet you try to fight to still fit in. And I remember, you know, there were some that I had as I got older that I started becoming a little close to that I should not have been hanging with. And what proved the point to me one time, you know, because now I'm feeling OK, I'm being accepted kind of by some of the ones that are cool, you know, some of the ones that are plugged. You know, they, they, they plug they on the set and everything. And, you know, they're allowing, they want me around. At least that's what it feels like. And one time there was this store on the corner. And I know uh, Miguel remember the store called Jack's, you know, not there anymore. Uh, it was like on 59th, the little corner yeah. store called Jack's. And one time I'm in there and I'm, I'm just hanging out, you know, no stranger of going in there. There were times, you know, I, I come from the, the age of when kids would go to the store, you know, for, for their mm -hmm. parents and for people on the block. Yep. 
So mm-hmm. I, I was familiar with this store. But the thing is, this one particular time I was hanging out with some people that I shouldn't have been hanging out with. I would normally go to the store, handle my business, leave the store. Wasn't no hanging out. But this particular time I'm hanging out with them. I'm older, teenager. And we're, you know, they used to have those windows where you couldn't really completely see out. And, and it was kind of frosty. So you could kind of see an image, but not clearly. Mm-hmm. So I'm standing there and I'm talking with them. And I see this car pull up on the outside of the store. We kind of looking out, look like some people looking in. Can't really make out a complete clear image of who is who. So as we stand in there, I don't feel no fear or anything, you know. Well, I kind of felt, you know how you just get this, this certain feeling all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. I got this feeling for a brief moment that say, you shouldn't be here. You know, mm-hmm. and then the guys that got out the car, they come in the store. And they look and they see the guys that I'm with. And they like, oh, they realize they know them. You know, they do their thing. They shake up with them. What's going on? You know, change their handshakes and all that. And the guy, one of the guys said, man, man, gee, I'm glad that we came in the store. Because when we first pulled up, we thought y'all three was somebody else. We was about to light up this whole spot. What that means, mm-hmm. they was about to shoot the place up. Mm-hmm. Had they done that, I would have been dead. Because as close as they were, it was just a window separating us and them. And that proved to me in that moment, you better stop trying to fit in where you don't fit in. You have to understand that some things that you're excluded from is for a purpose and for a reason. So I just want to I want to share that point, maybe to encourage somebody that feel like, man, I'm, I'm on the outside looking in or I'm being left out. Go to God and ask him, you may be being left out on purpose for a reason that's bigger than you, for a purpose that's bigger than you. Your life may depend be depending on what you're being excluded from, what you feel rejected from. Let's see, somebody, y'all. Uh, so I want, I want to share that. Let's see, our youth and young adults need so much prayer and guidance. It has been really rough these days. Prayer can move mountains and places a hedge of protection over our children. You're absolutely right. I pray for discernment over my children and for them to be sensitive to the Lord's voice. You're absolutely right. We have to be willing to be open and listen to the Lord's voice. That's why everybody that know me know I'm a strong believer of prayer, but I also believe along with prayer that there's something we must do because faith without works is dead. I believe we still have to do our part. We have to, when we pray, we have to, um, know what we're praying about, what we're praying for. And then when we pray, we're opening our mouth, saying something to God. After we open our mouth and say something to God, we have to then be quiet and open our ears to hear something from God because he's going to respond to the prayer. So we have to be open to that and we have to be sensitive to the fact that, okay, what is God's response? What did he say after we prayed? And I like that she said the spirit of discernment. Yeah, we do need a spirit of discernment to know the difference between good and evil, to know mm-hmm. the difference between, I always tell people, it's three voices, the devil voice, our voice, and God voice. We need to know the difference because sometimes we don't. You know, we, we blame stuff on the wrong individual. We listen to the wrong voice. So I, I, I agree with that. But that, that was my, my point I want to make in the story that I want to share. You all have anything else to Input I mean, before we wrap this up. Man, just, just repeating what I've said at the beginning of the show. When you hurt someone and they reject you, you destroy the trust. And that mm-hmm. trust has to be built back up. And you have to give it time. It's not on your own timing. It's up to them when that trust has been built back up. 
for your relationship to get back where it was before. So during the time, you just have to keep trusting God and keep believing, you know, why you've been rejected, but you have to give it time until that trust is built back up. That's right. Yeah, I agree. Um, just the last mo last thing I said uh, was in regards to rejecting the process to heal. Don't reject that process to heal. You know, rejection brings about many forms and many issues, but the longer you prolong your healing, the worse it gets. The worse it gets. So let the Spirit of God move upon you and and move in that that process to be healed. And it's because it's not necessarily for you. Yeah, you're going to get your healing, but it's really for them because people need to hear the story about the healing. You can't call God a healer if you've never been healed. It's just the plain and simple. Yep. So go through your process of healing, whatever that process is. And don't let nobody uh, rush your timing. Be mm. in the time of the God, but don't let it rush your time. Oh, well, you, you should have been over that. No, no, it's not that easy because... That could be more detrimental than what they did last week. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's your process. It's your process. Submit to your process. That's right. And it'll and, work and out. I, I like what you just said. I like what you just said about the time thing. Stop. We need to start putting time frame on people on certain things. You know, especially when if I've offended you, I've hurt you. And for one, I haven't taken responsibility for it. And I apologize to you. Then it's wrong for somebody else. It's wrong for me to be like, oh, you haven't gotten over that yet? Mm -hmm. You know, yes, yes, you can't hold on to it, but let's deal with the fact that I haven't even apologized for it. And then if I continue, that's the thing yeah. that a lot of times people miss. Sometimes a person, not only do they, they don't apologize to you, but they continue to do stuff. I continue, like I said, I haven't apologized to you, but then I get on social media and I do cryptic messages talking about you like you don't know. Like other people don't know that I got a beef with you. And, and and that I'm that I'm constantly acting a fool, or oh, this is a thing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people say, "But I apologize, so I want to be invited around again." But the thing is, you've acted up so many times that it's it's become your character. This is who we believe your character is, who what your behavior is, and so now we don't trust that you will act like you got sense because mm -hmm. the last ten times we saw you, you cussed everybody out. The last 10 times you came around, you stole. The last 10 times you came, you know, this has been a pattern. And because you haven't shown me anything outside of your pattern, then this is what I believe your character to be. So then that's why it's like, no, until you address that, no, you, you're not invited to the party. Let's see. One last one last comment. Man, let's see what you say. Jennifer saying, let's see, you haven't created the bridge for me to get over it. Oh, that's good. Well, come on, doctor. You you haven't created the bridge for me to get over. Your mm -hmm. apology may create the bridge for me to get over it. You absolutely right. You absolutely right. Now, I'm not saying let me let me make this clear. I'm not saying for some people that may be in that place of hurt. You can't. Sometimes you do have to forgive for the apology that was never given. But to the person that has created the hurt, that's done the hurt, you have to understand you can't expect for them to get over it when you haven't helped build the bridge for them to get over it. You know, and you could and when you continue to victimize somebody and this this going to go, I may have to we may have to do a show. I may do a show about even what's going on in society today. When you tell us to get over it, get over slavery, get over injustice. You can't expect a victim to get over being a victim when you constantly victimize them. 
Mm-hmm. And I and I just leave that right there. I'm just I won't go into that because we'll be here a whole nother hour. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But I want to say <laughs> I thank you all so much for joining us. Um, joining me on tonight. I thank you so much for your input. I appreciate it. You all have made some very um valid points. Um, I appreciate what you shared. It definitely helped me on some things. I think it's helping everyone that's a part. I want to thank everyone that logged in, everyone that's listening to this, everyone that sees this, even to the people that will hear this or watch this in this replay. Thank you so much. I want you to continue to um, check out our podcast, continue to support us. And listen, we want you to chime in. We want you to chime in. We want to bring on other people as time permits. We're going to start sharing the link. We want you to chime in. What we're going to do is throw up our email address. If you have any questions about any of the topics that we're discussing, if you have some topics that you would like to hear us discuss, we would love to hear from you. Email us. The email is on up is TPP two the number two podcast at gmail.com. Once again, that's T as in Tom double P as in Paul two the number two podcast at gmail.com we would love to hear from you you know even send us an email and let us know what your thoughts are about this we hope that it will help you and we hope that you're growing from it and we hope that you will join us again once again i want to thank these two mighty men that joined me on tonight miguel atkins and corinthian burt so thankful for your input thank you for being here hopefully you all will join us again as time and your schedule permit we would love to have you um any closing remarks from either one of you all no i'm good man i enjoyed it man i'm, really I'm good jennifer almost got me i almost started a whole nother conversation <laughs> i'm gonna get off let me go ahead <laughs> I, I, I know i know listen we're gonna come back with some of that because this this is really good stuff this is really good stuff let's see nat said this was really good i enjoyed it thank you so much Nat. thank you so much we're glad that, that it's helping yes. someone so thank you all once again for joining us on tonight. We hope that you continue to tune in. We have a lot of exciting topics that's coming up. And once again, you know, send us an email if you have a topic that you would like for us to discuss. It's something that's on your mind. Something you say, look, I need help in this area. I need to hear somebody else's opinion. What do the words say about it? Drop us an email or even comment on this once again the practical preacher we believe that the bible isn't just stories but a practical guide for everyday living thank you all so much for joining us and we're gonna say good night to you thank you so much gentlemen for joining us and we hope to see you again continue to tune in for more episodes stay tuned for the practical preacher broadcast take care good night good night you all <laughs>